beaming from Pacific Junction Hotel to Earth. Girth. Sometimes it's to take on more work than I know that I should. Mm-hmm. Your priorities 
faster than as you began your one-man journey on? Well, I, I was never able to do Frank Oz, his kind of voices. I was much more of a, of a Kermit the Frog, Jim Henson type of person. So I had to sort of get over the mental block, the fact that I wasn't actually going to sound very good. But that was okay. You know, I, I just didn't realize that, that that might be okay with the audience as well. I guess if I did every single voice absolutely perfectly, it would be even more ideal. But um, as it is, it's sort of, it's almost like a little kid. A little kid doesn't really worry about getting all the details perfectly. You tell a kid to be a fire engine and they just become the fire engine. Right. And I think this is sort of like the mind over matter and, you know, it, it doesn't really matter. You know, people won't mind. It's just, you know, enjoy doing it. And that's in fact kind of the, the charm of it, that like an eight-year-old kid, you know, they just unabashedly become the thing. And that's sort of the spirit of this, is that when we were kids and this came out, people did a lot more sort of analog play, if you will, you know, where we would just go out and play in the yard and, or, you know, you're at school and you're, you know, you're just sort of all reacting, reacting Star Wars or, or what have you. And that... Cowboys and robbers. Yeah, that thing. That's just what we would, what we would do. And it's almost like a bit of a time capsule. Not just this show, but the whole like, the original experience of Star Wars. It was uh, something that I don't know if it can actually be recreated and I'm not sure if it'll ever come again. People do consume differently. Kids consume differently. They play slightly differently. And it was also, it was just the beginning of the blockbuster too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like we get a Marvel movie almost every six months now, right? Which is considered blockbuster now, right? Absolutely, yeah. You kind of, we're almost, kids today almost spoiled in a way, right? Yeah, maybe, but here's the strange thing is I, I do remember the desire of going to see the films before I even knew what they were. And it took me a while to realize exactly what it was that made me want to go see it before I even knew exactly what it was. They had toy commercials on TV during Saturday morning cartoons. That's right, yeah. And just based upon these toys that were available, that's what made me want to go see the film. I didn't even know what the hell it was. It's kind of strange that even though I might be, you know, jonesing for the good old days, it was, it was get off my lawn. Yeah, but it, it still was actually a weird kind of experience back in the time. You know, that it was it was something where I was being direct marketed to and, you know, acting like a little baby consumer. And then expanding on that kind of experience, you performed this one-man show across the world yeah. in different continents. And have you found that how the story resonates across the different cultures and how it connects with people? Or is there different takeaways in different cultures? It could be different takeaways. I mean, I guess it depends on really where you come from. I, I mean, generally speaking, I mean, there's pretty universal sort of themes, you know, that there's, you know, the black and white, there's the good and the evil, and, you know, you've got the, the terrible sort of oppressive forces, and then you've got the sort of the, the rebels. I mean, Luke doesn't really start off as a rebel. He starts off as a guy living in the middle of freaking nowhere. Yeah, farmer. Yeah, and his buddies go off to, like, learn how to fly, and then I guess they sort of jump ship, and, and jumping ship join the rebellion. Well, Luke takes a very circuitous route to get to that place. You know, he joins up with a bunch of pirates. I'm not sure if there's many people in other parts of the world that would condone becoming a pirate, but I think I think what people do kind of tend to dig is the fact that you might sort of, you might kind of go against the grain somewhat, but eventually the, the rebels are kind of, you know, if you rebel, rebel or if you're part of the rebels or the rebellion, eventually you become almost part of the, the system. And I know, I think it's like as the new systems sort of rise, the new rebellions continue to rise, you know, in opposition to them. So, you know, sometimes you, you have a country that was really, really, like Australia, that was very, very conservative for a period of time. And they didn't necessarily take Star Wars as seriously as some parts 
you know, other countries where things weren't just conservative, they were almost overbearing. Like Hong Kong, interestingly enough, had sort of a very, very interesting um, reaction to Star Wars, taking it more seriously than I really I would have thought. But I guess it's because it was sort of so close to mainland China and to a, a system that doesn't entirely resemble the Empire, but <laughs> in some ways resembles the Empire. It's a little bit of a, you know, a weight on the chest of, of what was there before. Yeah, that's interesting, because that's what I asked, because, I mean, you're a Canadian as well, and so we grew up kind of saturated in the North American kind of yeah. uh, Star Wars culture with the Comic-Cons and the nerds and that kind of whole stereotype or paradigm, I guess. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so it was just, it's like, that's what I was asking, because it would be interesting to see how it was received, knowing that other people have different cultures, but also just have different nerd cultures and how their nerds kind of gather and how they kind of communicate and stuff. Sure. You know, it's weird that I don't find that. I find that the idea of being a nerd, the whole sort of stigma around being a nerd, is not necessarily the same in other countries. You know, sometimes being a nerd is, yeah, is the worst thing you can be. But in other places, being a nerd is, it's almost mandatory. In fact, everybody is a nerd. Or, you know, the stigma the, between, uh, you know, around the, might surround loving something like Star Wars or Star Trek. It's not considered a bad thing. It's still vastly popular. It's still very much in the, you know, in the public mind. And it, I don't know, I, I, I found uh, Hong Kong to be actually just quite amazing that uh, everybody was in their own way kind of a nerd in the coolest way possible. That's really neat. Yeah. Uh, last question. Yeah. Uh, so you're Canadian, you're from BC. Yeah. And uh, you represent us Canadians for Star Wars. <laughs> and uh, over on the flip side, we have William Shatner, who represents <laughs> us Canadians for Star Trek. Sure. You guys ever met or? Well, weirdly enough, actually, my promoter that I had in Australia, um, his, his main partner in usually in promoting was promoting at the same time that I was there. William Shatner's sort of, it was sort of the infant to the show he's doing on Broadway. I'm not sure if he's still there or not. And oddly enough, like, I, he was doing the show at the same theatrical complex that I was at. My theater was about 1,000 seats. His was about 4,000 seats. And after my show was done, my promoter took me over to William Shatner's theater to to sit and watch the show and we sat down to this striking woman and anyway it turned out that that was William Shatner's wife which I did not know at the time oh. and you know, we, we hit it off really well and then the next day I was at the airport and you know she comes over and gives me a hug and you know there's William Shatner being totally awesomely William Shatner and uh, yeah it was just sort of bizarre to have an opportunity to meet the Shat Shatner without really trying to be a you know, I wasn't going to a convention I wasn't sort of chasing him down looking for an autograph it was yeah. just sort of a a very odd, odd place to be able to, to meet him. And, and, you know, on the other side of the freaking world, what a weird thing. It is weird. Yeah, yeah. we didn't talk about being Canadian. It was, it was good. We just, he didn't talk about Star Trek, and I didn't talk about Star Wars. We just played it cool. That's cool. Yeah. And so, yeah, so the show opens uh, in Toronto on April 28th, and yeah. it's a uh, one-man show, so that's really exciting. Yeah, that's just April 27th. April 27th, yep. sorry. Right. Do you want to do one last voice? You can pick before we go. We're done now. So. Oh, well, I can just do uh, something like it. That's amazing. There you go. Yeah. Oh, wait, do a lightsaber one, because that's also... It's unbelievable. There you go. Thank you so much, uh, Charles, for taking the time and hanging out with me. Thanks for having me. Bye.